0: just go to carscom It's magical.
1: All right, Browns fans, welcome back for another episode of this Believe Land is Your Land. Um, you'll notice that today with Training Wheels is your new uh co-host or host for the day uh Mike Krupka and uh with me I have as usual uh two of my good buddies uh Josh Finney and uh John Calisimo is that right John? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. We're going to we we're gonna,
0: gonna, the first time last week and then we just went and screwed it up. I love
1: it. Well, that's what you do when you turn it <laughs> over to me, right? So here we are. So um yeah, guys, we uh, just want to thank you guys for listening in uh, the, the eve before Thanksgiving. I'm sure you guys are all settling in with uh, some good festivities. Um, so, John, t- tell me, you were just talking about uh, kind of what you do every year uh, pre, you know, for Thanksgiving. Why don't you break it down? What's going on over uh, on your side of things?
2: Yeah, well, uh, first of all, this is by far my favorite holiday. It's not even close. Uh, I come home to Cleveland every year since I've been gone when I joined the military in 2001 so uh, i've been out of town since then and uh, so it's been a tradition for me to come home hit thanksgiving which is my favorite holiday because it's family food and football you can't screw it up because it's uncorruptible as i like to say uh you know i spend friday with uh, my family and my brothers and then uh, saturday we have got the ohio state michigan game which we usually have a clam bake for and the browns on sunday so uh, it's just an awesome action-packed family food football for four straight days. I love it.
1: Heck yeah, that sounds awesome. That's good that you made it back home, jo- Josh. I see you uh, shaking your head over there. Uh, are you uh, a believer in the Thanksgiving is the best holiday as well? Take yeah, I'm. I'm violently in agreement with
0: that. Actually, I think that Thanksgiving kind of like doesn't get its just due amongst the holidays. Like for all of the holidays. Uh, you have to go through like a major routine in order to get some sort of reward. Like Thanksgiving is centered around the right principles. Like we're gonna hang out with our family. It's gonna be cold as hell, so we're not gonna go outside and do anything. <laughs> and I'm sorry for if if you're one of these families that goes out and plays football after or goes like caroling or anything like that. My family is about good craft harvest beers, football, and incredibly good food. Like I look forward to Thanksgiving all year round. I have the same kind of fever for it that people have about Christmas. I don't think he gets any of its just due. And John, I want to know where the plan bakes happening because that sounds incredible.
2: <laughs> uh, deep in the heart of Parma, my friend.
1: Ooh, nice <laughs> with the pierogi prince. Hope that's, that's right. On
2: He's invited <laughs> like anytime he wants either. to come.
1: Yeah, I, I have to echo your guys' sentiments, man. I, I love Thanksgiving. It's a little different over here um, with the, the the cadence of football. It, you know, it starts early in the morning, so. Uh, it, it's just a, a little different feel over here, but um, certainly one of my favorite holidays. I actually just posted today on Twitter that uh, I, I am willing to admit that I'm a sides first guy. Like, I look forward to the sides at, around Thanksgiving way more than the turkey. Uh, yeah, I own it. A lot of people get into the turkey, and I get into the turkey too. I've done turduckins, I've done bacon wrapped, I've done all that different stuff brining, but mm. I, uh, I really look forward to uh, to the sides. So, uh, anyways. Without further ado, um, speaking of of exciting things uh, and in the tradition of football, we saw one of, uh, the, well, actually the top three most uh, points scored in a Monday night football game ever, and I think in any football game ever, uh, uh, just on Monday. So, you know, I was listening into to Cleveland Browns Daily this week, and aside from them uh, really, you know, publicizing the, uh, the, the Give 10, um, uh, I guess, effort that the Browns have, which is phenomenal if you guys haven't... Uh, you know, listened or, or paid attention to what they're doing. Uh, you guys should def- definitely check that out. But aside from hearing about that, uh, they were kind of discussing Monday Night Football and, and and posed a question that I want to ask you guys: is you know is, is what we saw on Monday Night this high-powered offense, this lack of this lack of defense, or not lack of defense, but kind of you know constantly bending and and and, and sometimes breaking, but also making plays. Is, is that is this the new NFL? Or is this something that we need to kind of give its, its 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 respect to that that we're seeing some something great, truly rare air as what we saw on Monday night. Josh, what do you think?
0: I, I do think it was rare air, but also it's it's funny that we're talking about it in terms of the like the no defense Big Twelve you know version of the NFL when there there was like seven turnovers in that game and two defensive scores. Like defenses actually had an impact on that game. It was just if they didn't get the turnover. Then the the other team was going in. There was no stopping the scoring unless the defense was the one doing it. So the, there was there was actually a, a pretty decent amount of defense, especially considering the Chiefs were involved. Um, the offenses were just that good. And you know, I I was just on a on the hook with the uh, Cincy Jungle Weekly podcast, which will be be up here shortly, talking about the Browns Bengals game. They had a lot of questions about uh, what we were doing as far as the coaching search goes, and and who we were looking for and um I, I talked about that game and i said look this is what they're going to be looking for so they can find someone to marry baker mayfield up with they want baker mayfield to be running an offense that looks like what the chiefs and the rams are trying to do on monday night and i'll tell you what if that happens i'm here for it because that was one of the most entertaining football games i've ever watched in my entire life and i do think that that is uh the kind of uh game that you're going to have to have if you want to be successful in the nfl going forward yeah
2: i i agree wholeheartedly um you know and sort of what Josh was alluding to is I don't, I didn't see personally bad defense. You know, I saw incredible execution and uh, scheming by offenses. You know, it's, it's not fun to watch a poor defensive game, like lack of effort, poor tackling, things like that are not fun to watch. That wasn't what I saw on Monday. Um, I saw some incredibly high level scheming and, uh, and play from those uh from both those teams, and it was very exciting to watch. I made the comment on Twitter that, you know, if you've ever watched the shortcut games they, and tried to, like, say, take notes at the same time, it's very hard. You have to hit pause because you can't look down for a second because three plays will have gone by. Well, this was, like, three hours of shortcut because if you <laughs> try to check Twitter during this game and you look down at your phone, you miss some kind of a big play, and it was like that from start to finish. It was just uh, it was a blast to watch. I just think that you know, that's going to be your highest level of football. I don't know how many teams are going to be able to do it. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, Cleveland one day is one of them. Uh, but I do think you're, you're going to want to be on that side uh, if you're going to want to succeed at the highest levels.
1: Yeah, and I think actually to your guys' point, um, it's an interesting comment that I, that I want to bring up. And, and that was that, you know, and, and I kind of agree with it, that the Browns are built for that type of, of, of game plan right there. Baker Mayfield is built to throw the ball. All game long, he he can do it. You know, at a, at a high at a high level, he's shown that he can do it at a high level. And, and I think, if the, the topic that they brought up, that's also interesting, is that when it comes down to, in, you know, is is McVeigh an innovator as much as his players are executing his his offense? He, you know, he has role players that are doing the little things that they need to do. They don't have you know, all these superstars. They don't have an Odell Beckham. They they don't have guys like that. They have guys that do what they need to do and they execute and they know exactly what they need to do. The execution part, I think, is what it comes down to a lot in the NFL is, you know, you you have game plans and you think they're going to work and you scheme things up and you try to uh, attack deficiencies, but it really comes down to execution. Um, And and Josh, what do you you think about that?
0: Yeah, I hear that a lot. And I hear the, the execution is the difference between the McVay offenses. There's no greater... Ah, uh, proof in the pudding than what we saw uh, two of the last three weeks as uh, Cooper Cup has been injured. You watched them plug in Josh Reynolds and not miss a beat. When they when 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 Brandon Cooks comes up gimpy, they just utilize Robert Woods a little bit more. They are running their schemes and they have guys that are executing that at a high level. And a lot of that comes down to McVay's attention to detail. But this is a, this is an offense that makes everybody comfortable, and and it's not it's greater than the sum of its parts. And I think as long as McVay's running the show over there, it always will be.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So another point that, that was brought up or that kind of came, came up, uh, Joe Batonio stopped by the show the other day. And he was talking about and we had talked about this, guys, uh, on a future or sorry, a previous podcast. And, you know, he talked about how kitchens for the last two or three weeks has come into everybody's meetings, everyone's room and has sat down and asked them to write down their top five favorite plays. So not just the offensive linemen, not just Baker Mayfield, the the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, the offensive line, everybody. He he wants to get their mind and understand what they feel has been working in practice, what they feel you know is is going to work against the team uh, you know coming up on the weekend. So uh, that you know, in, in addition to the fact that Petonio shared, you know, within the first ten or fifteen plays that are scripted every game, you know, he's he's pumping in all of these plays from from the team. So the team is like giving this. Like, hell yeah. Like right away in the beginning of the game, they're buying in. They're getting excited because they know that these plays are going to be popping up throughout the whole game. So things like that, what we're seeing, and this also talks about what we just spoke on last podcast, is that this is baseline kind of offensive coordinating. This is working with the talent that you have. And it's refreshing just to hear, you know, Joel talking about that. And when you think about what we do have on the roster and looking forward, that this offense can become, Kind of in, in in essence, the same type of high powered offense that we saw on Monday night, John, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, that's a great point, point. and what I'd like to see as you know because it is a, a bit simplistic right now, what we've seen these last couple of weeks, and we don't have a ton on film um, as these next six weeks go by, what I would like to see Freddie do with those plays that uh, that his players told them that he likes. Those uh, those should be his guideline because you can take those plays and understand uh, the concepts in them and expand from there uh, and do things that aren't just those plays. So what I'd like to see from Freddie is to take those clues that his players are giving him and expand on that uh, to continue to to do things that the opponent isn't expecting necessarily, uh, you know, out of different formations or or different plays utilizing those same concepts. So I'm hoping to see that.
1: Well, the good news is that with Hugh Jackson on the defensive side of the ball, just about anything is going to catch him by surprise. <laughs> so he's got that going for us this weekend.
0: I, I think you guys would be pleased to hear that the uh, Cincy guys were also like face palming over Hugh Jackson being back on the sidelines. Neither of them were excited about the uh, the way that turned out, and uh, it was really nice to be able to commiserate with somebody about uh, Hugh Jackson and not be the benefactor of his shittiness.
1: Right. <laughs> it was it was fun to to watch. Uh, to watch Jackson tear him up all week as though, you know, he didn't have any time to prepare for it or wasn't expecting it. It was, it was just a, a joy to.
2: to blindsided. Finish. Totally right. blindsided. Knew. Who's no.
1: who's this guy? Who's this guy? Surprise.
2: <laughs> it's not as if uh, Baltimore wasn't employing guys that uh, did similar things with Kaepernick or, you know, those types of things, you know, <laughs> uh, right. completely surprising, you know, I, I don't know what yeah. you would expect out of Hugh. Come on guys. I mean,
1: Especially since he watches all that tape, you think he'd know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so speaking of surprising things, so I saw a poll where uh, Browns voters on Twitter, and I think it was over like twenty six hundred people, right, have picked the Browns to win this weekend. So I think if you're Vegas, you're loving the Bengals. I don't know. What do you guys think about the the Browns' chances this weekend coming, you know, into Cincinnati, the Battle of I seventy one going down there on the road. You know, we've been close this season on road games. You know, we, we, we had the saints right there in our grass. We had the Raiders right there in our grass. Um, you know, what do you guys think? Is this going to be the week that we're able to come off the Schneid and, and get that road victory?
0: Do you want to be the good cop or the bad cop, John? Good cop. Okay. Go ahead. You go first. I'll be the bad cop.
2: Okay. All right. So, uh, what I would say is that, um, even though since he hasn't been a a friendly to us in the past, uh, this team really is going to unite behind the fact that Hugh Jackson is over there on that other sideline. And, you know, Hugh Jackson has motivation, sure, but how much reach does he really have with that team to, you know, to make results happen on the field? Uh, Cleveland, I'm sure that some of those players and coaches feel that that was a low blow to go to an opponent uh, in Ohio that we played two times in our final six games. And as uh, has been reported plenty of times, uh, there was no love loss there with uh, Hughes exit as far as Baker was concerned. So um, I think that the, the team is gonna unite in, under that. And uh, I think we'll have an extra juice and, and we're as healthy as we have been in a while. And these are young guys, you know, so uh, that bye week, I think uh, allows them to spring back a little bit better than say like a, an older team would. So, you know, if we have some of the juice that we had in the first five, six weeks uh, with these guys finally getting a you know, a week off, uh, I, I think we've got just as good a chance as anybody to uh, finally come out of Cincinnati with the victory where we normally wouldn't. So I hear that and I'm with
0: that. And I actually feel really optimistic about this game, which is my first, uh, warning sign that, that bad things are about to happen because with the Browns, when you go in feeling like the team is well-positioned to, to, to play up against somebody, let's be honest, Cincinnati has been on an absolute avalanche downward slide over the last couple of weeks. They have not played well. They've gotten worse week by week. The Ravens could only do two things against them last week. And that was a uh, read option and throw to their tight ends. And Cincinnati was completely unprepared to deal with that. And so now they're going against what should be for all intents and purposes, a better offense with a better game plan that's had an extra week to work on it. This, this, and, and, and you have all seen the rumors out of Berea that these guys are here late, that they are scheming up some special stuff, and that this is going to be a really good showing this coaching staff. All that said, um, and, and, and included with that is the comment that he made, is that this team is getting healthy and is getting guys like Terrence Mitchell back and has well-rested defensive linemen. Um, they are in a good position, but – there are still some glaring weaknesses on the squad, none, uh, namely the tackle play on offense. Uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have a talented front line. Um, they are going to be bringing pressure uh, from the edges all day. And now you, that you have two weeks of film on uh, what Freddie Kitchens is trying to do and the subtle ways that he's changed his offense, Cincinnati is going to be the first team that really has enough time to do something about it. And so they're going to have to break tendencies even more than they did uh, in the last two games if, if they want to be successful. And I think that when you combine that with the relative youth of the roster and the fact that this is a road game, I think that it's 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 dangerous. And there's a reason why the uh, the sand people, the desert people, have given this uh, three-point Bengals spread, which is basically a uh, you know a wash on a neutral field. And it's because even with everything going against the Bengals, like it has the last couple of weeks, the Browns still have to do something that they have in three years. And so it's difficult to go into it saying, this should be a layup when the Browns have proven multiple times over the course of this year um, that even against teams that it should be a layup for a la Oakland Raiders, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've struggled in those situations. So I'll go into it feeling optimistic, but all that stuff is kind of loitering over my head. What do you think, Mike?
1: Yeah, I want to be a believer as well. Uh, I I like kind of how this team is positioned recently. Obviously, you know, you mentioned what we haven't done in three years, and, you know, my counter to that would be that, you know, we've got Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, the quarterback that we've been looking for for, what, 20 years almost, right? So uh, I feel like things are just a little bit different this time around. I feel like the team has been super close in all these games, and they're they're sort of learning how to win, um, and and for, I guess, lack of a better term, I think they're coming together uh, internally. They're they're, they're figuring out with the leadership of Baker Mayfield how to, uh, again, overcome little things, and, and put some different things together. We talked about it uh, on the podcast again recently where I thought that we were having trouble piecing things together, and I think we did a great job of that against Atlanta. So I, I guess I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to continue that. The, the, the realist inside of me also says that it's going to be a challenge. It's, it's going to be a lot harder than, than we might think. I really don't know how to vote on this. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and say the Browns are going to pull it out, but it's going to be a close game, and I think it's actually going to be a, a high-scoring game. So that's kind of where I reside on that. Josh.
0: What I told the Cincy guys, and I, and I meant it, was that in two teams that managed to find new and interesting ways to choke at the end of football games, uh, playing each other, just like with the Falcons, one of the chokers has to lose. So I think it's going to come down to, uh, at the end of the game, who can actually execute and continue to keep the ball moving and who can not make stupid mistakes. So over the last couple of weeks, that has not been the Browns, but they're still the Browns.
1: So in, in terms of looking at the Bengals roster and, and talking to the guys over uh, on that podcast, um, in terms of offense, was there anything that stuck out to you, Josh, about you know, what they're optimistic or what they're kind of a little concerned about? The thing that they are concerned about more than anything, for, for good reason, is Nick Chubb uh,
0: and what Nick Chubb has done the last couple of weeks. The Browns have kind of found an identity over the last two weeks, and they weren't able to execute it against Kansas City, but they certainly found what they want to do and that is they want to run behind their interior offensive linemen. They want to run behind those two really good guards and J.C. Treader who's playing at a good level. Uh, and they want to let Nick Chubb make decisions about which way he's going to go. And they've done a good job of that. And the Bengals have just been absolutely terrible against the run over the last couple of weeks. So that is the thing that they are most fixated on. And if the Browns are smart, they'll, they'll concoct a game plan in which they can run some really effective play-action looks, uh, You know, get Baker rolling out away from Carlos Dunlap, away from these good uh, edge rushers, and, and, and take advantage of what Cincinnati will, will assume as a tendency of the ground.
1: John, what about you? Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts about the Bengals' uh, offense um, as we as we roll into this weekend?
2: Well, I, you know, we've had success uh, against Andy Dalton in the past, and uh, I'm hoping that – I don't think Greg has to do anything extra special. You know, I think that he can do some of the things that we've seen against uh, much better quarterbacks this year, try and do things to confuse him. Uh, I think he's kind of easily confused. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that we take advantage of that and just try and uh, do things that they don't expect. You know, Joe Sh- having Joe Schobert back is such a big thing. I know it's been talked about plenty lately. That, uh, you know, he's the heart and soul of this defense. I think that we don't need to do anything special. I, I don't want to see them over blitz. I just want to see them do things that Andy doesn't expect. And I think we can have success. And if Miles comes back and Joby, who have each played a game or two more snaps than most uh, people at their positions this year, uh, then we might see uh, some fireworks out of Garrett. I would like to see that. I think he, he rests up and comes back energized. Um, Miles could be a big factor, like we saw against Pittsburgh and, and and teams like that.
0: And you know, for as much as people want to talk about the Hugh Jackson advantage, you also have Cincinnati's former offensive coordinator on the Browns' staff. So it's not like both teams don't understand what the tendencies of the other teams here are. Good point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I think that's overblown a lot of times too. I mean, guys are always talking about, oh, you know, you just came over from this team, you're gonna like like we mentioned earlier it all comes down to execution. You you may think you know what they're going to do but do you know do either team do they execute it and, and that's what it comes down to. So when I look at the game this weekend I'm I'm wondering you know, about the health of of AJ Green. Um I know they said he's supposed to be back. Um he's traditionally been a, a real struggle for us and you know how we're going to contain him. I I know we've got uh you know Ward playing at a really high clip. Ward <laughs> Yes. Uh, but then you've also got Boyd, who when, when Green is on the field, Boyd tends to feast. And uh, he's going to be a threat, especially on late downs, especially on obvious passing situations. I think he's going to be someone that we've got to uh, pay attention to. On, on our side of the ball, I would like to see again, I'm going to keep echoing this. I, I want to see Najoku and the tight ends get involved, especially against the decimated Cincinnati linebacker situation. You know, they've, they've been capitalized on their, they're, you know, it, it's going to be easy for us, I think, if things are schemed up that way, like you mentioned with the, with the run game, uh, to use play action to get our tight ends involved, uh, to get our passing game involved, and try to uh, make some mismatches with those linebackers in coverage. Our offensive line is going to have its hands full with Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and, and the likes of those guys. Uh, again, I'm, I'm subtly optimistic. I think most recent games, uh, the Cincinnati defense has kind of been stymied in terms of getting to the quarterback again, I know that means they're going to come off uh, hungry uh, this weekend. But I also think that the the Browns can build off their success there and, and keep Baker protected. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm at with uh, with the Bengals. I think what we'll do is take a quick break and then we will uh, we'll be right back, guys. All right, guys. So uh, we really want to thank you guys for, for tuning in and listening. We're going we're gonna to wrap up the, the podcast today uh, with Thanksgiving uh, tomorrow. You know, gonna really going to really want to appreciate you guys taking the time to, to listen to us. Uh, if you like the podcast, you like our content, you like our banter, um, make sure you give us uh, a, a like and uh, go ahead and leave some comments for us. It, it makes a big deal. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, John, why don't you go ahead and share your thoughts? I know we were talking during the break, and I'll turn it over to you.
2: Yeah, sure. Like uh, I'll just say real quick, you know, it is Michigan week. Uh, so beyond uh, having the Bengals to look forward to, we uh, we get to watch the game in uh, in what I would say is uh, one of the weaker Buckeyes teams that Michigan has faced in in the last fifteen years. And so, um, you know, I'll be rooting like hell for the Bucks. But at the same time, uh, you know, if Michigan can't beat this team, then uh, (laughs) they might want to stop calling it a rivalry. I don't know what else to say (laughs) about that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, go Buckeyes. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. you know, like Mike said, you know, review. Those are big deals for us on iTunes, especially. Appreciate you uh, tuning in to check us out and just enjoy your family and football and all that food. Uh, also, I want to time
0: in on what you guys are talking about for the rest of the, the, the long weekend. Tomorrow, we are blessed with an incredible slate of football games. All three games tomorrow look like they're going to be super entertaining. Uh, very much looking forward to watching uh, Cleveland's own shotgun Colt McCoy uh, leading the Boner Cats of D.C. against <laughs> Against the Dallas Cowboys and what should be pretty much a battle for who ends up winning the NFC East. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I can't wait to watch uh, New Orleans play again. They've had a couple weeks. I kind of still think that they're the prohibitive favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. And I want to see if Atlanta can kind of right the ship now that they're getting some of their defensive heavies back. And I don't know how much Chicago bears football you guys have watched, but I find Matt Nagy's offense and Mr. Trubisky to be an absolutely fascinating case study week by week and how to, how to kind of build an offense from scratch, how to bring along. A, a kind of green uh, quarterback so it's I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow just watching football all day because I think it's gonna be a really good slate and I'm hoping that the enjoyment of that carries over uh, through Saturday despite what it goes on in the Buckeyes machine
1: yeah absolutely as I you know, grew up as a kid Thanksgiving and football kind of just it's always been part of the the, the the memory the cherished memory so I'm looking forward to that I, I won't be with my family but I will be with my you know with my close friends out here so just want to wish everybody uh, a, a nice Happy and safe Thanksgiving. You know, Again, just thanks for tuning in to uh, this uh, holiday uh, episode of the This Believe Land is Your Lang podcast. Good luck this weekend to both the, uh, the Buckeyes and the Browns, and we will be back again with you guys next week to talk everything Browns-related. Again, guys, have a great holiday, and we'll talk with you soon.
0: Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.
1: Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. Sharing with us what she's learned.
0: I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs>
1: Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.
0: Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.